The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, this is TNA Knockout Gail Kim, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi. Welcome to uh, the Rough House podcast. The, this the, is the Holiday uh, House. Yes, the uh, the Holiday House. Uh, this is the final <laughs> podcast of the calendar year 2019. So uh, mm-hmm. we will be bringing in the new year uh, soon with uh, some big stuff on the way, especially Wrestle Kingdom uh, next weekend. Yeah, but, holy uh, crap. We have a couple a uh, couple news stories we want to hit uh, today, <laughs> and then we'll, we're going to do a, a mo- the majority of this episode will be a year in review, uh, talking about some of our highlights and lowlights of the last year in the world of pro res. Um, since there really wasn't much to talk about new uh, no, uh, no, content wise this week, so yeah, you know. At- uh, AEW was off. NXT was pre-taped. Uh, yeah. Raw had a show. <laughs> Raw was taped. Uh, really, just you know, uh, a, a few quick things to hit. I'll I'll just toss them out real quick. Uh, yeah, we have the main event for Worlds Collide announced. The big NXT versus NXT UK show during Rumble weekend. It's going to be the Undisputed Era against Imperium, which. Sounds that's like it could be, dope. yeah, like that's going to be awesome. Uh, full stop. You know that that literally took Worlds Collide from a show that I might watch, you know, on VOD to a show that I might watch live. Like that's that's where it shifted it for me. I, I got to see how the rest of that card turns out, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, really, that that match alone kind of takes the stink off of Worlds Collide because yeah. prior to this happening, Worlds Collide was always the thing where oh, Luke Harper's back and he did his comeback match, and then Vince didn't want to use him. Right. Um, right. So it kind of had a, a stink associated with it. Uh, that was over Mania weekend. Uh, obviously, Luke Harper did come back for a couple quick spots, helping out Eric Rowan. Has since mm-hmm. gotten his release. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is uh, you know we'll see we'll see how it goes. I like the idea of not. Over um, delivering on takeovers, uh, having takeovers overstay their welcome and not, you know, mm-hmm. forcing another takeover in before Rumble weekend. So, you know, the the UK brand is there. So yeah. might as well, you know, give them the opportunity. Uh, and the Rumble is what, Houston. Yes. Is that? Yes. OK. Uh, All right. Yeah, and, and then that, it made park. Yes. And that'll be on January 26th with okay. uh, World Collide on the 25th. 
Um, okay. But right now, we also have a universal title match officially signed for the Rumble as Daniel Bryan will be getting a title shot against The Fiend. Uh, okay. It, I think it was five years ago that those two threw down at the Rumble and had a great match. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll see if, you know, history repeats itself uh, at the Rumble. Uh I, Bray, I, I Bray Wyatt, uh, however, this week uh, getting a little little uproarious on on Twitter. Did you see this? No, I you don't think I did. About this, so um, <laughs> as you do your creep- best uh, late night talk show host doing your monologue. So, uh, so Creepo Extraordinaire Kevin Spacey posted another one of his weird uh, Christmas videos. Yes, yeah, for I did. Whatever I reason, did hear about that. I didn't bother to watch it because fuck no. that guy. But yeah, exactly. On. But Bray Wyatt, uh, in his infinite lacking wisdom, uh, decided to subtweet it talking about how he enjoys when people take inspiration from him. And I believe the words I forgive you were in there, too. So Bray Wyatt kind of chiming in and forgiving Kevin Spacey for some of the atrocities he's alleged to have committed. So that's not necessarily a great look for your uh, universal champion going into a new year. No, no. But also, uh, of course. Of course, Kevin Spacey, noted professional wrestling fan, obviously yes. stealing from the fiend. What? Yes. Like that yeah, is I, 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 don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't I don't know why Bray thought this was something worth tweeting out. Uh maybe <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Maybe he was hitting those VK Wall Street reserves of uh of wines over yeah, the holiday yeah. season or something. But uh yeah, that's not uh, not not great. Yeah, a, a late night feeding Nash six rotunda was God. was really what what caused that one uh yeah God, that's, name that, that's a choice uh yeah <laughs> certainly a choice there uh so you know more power to him uh and yes. and, and a bunch <laughs> of love from all of us here at the rough house podcast jesus christ yeah. what a loon um also, uh, we had the semi-regular uh, situation of something major happening at a Madison Square Garden house show. Yes, yeah, we yeah. have a new U.S. champion, uh, Andrade Cien Almas, uh, or just simply Andrade these days, uh, yep. is now your U.S. champion, having pinned Rey Mysterio Jr. clean. Uh, yeah, first uh, first gold on the solo uh, on the main roster for him. So uh, congratulations on Friday. Big fans over here, even though I don't really watch <laughs> WWE proper these days. I'm happy <laughs> to see the guy get some gold. Uh, he's yeah. a hell of a talent and, uh, you know, has has a ton of upside. Mm-hmm. Zelina Vega, also a ton of upside. Yes. Um, <laughs> 10 so, out of 10. Yes. So th- that that's good. What was what was Ray going to do with the belt anyway? Exactly. Exactly. Like we had the feel good moment of him winning the belt and then after yeah. that, you know, it was really uh in his court to elevate someone. I guess for me the only bummer is we're not going to see that on TV, uh which means, you know, only a fraction of a fraction saw it, but I guess, you know, I, I think if anything, because I know there was there's been a lot of hand wringing this year about the death of house shows. Mm-hmm. More things like this may help re- rejuvenate house shows. I mean, we know that they kind of have roving cameras on those shows anyway, mostly for insurance purposes. But right. you know, it wouldn't hurt to start doing some actual decent title changes as opposed to like the phantom tag title changes or stuff that they used to do in the past you right. know, to, to actually underline, hey, if you go to a house show, something might happen. Yeah, especially if you go to the garden. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which definitely was a big part of that. Uh, but we had a we had a house show in town last night. Yeah, we did. WWE Holiday Tour rolled into the Rofo Arena. Yes. Uh, our our boy Justin was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, very 
very much cheering on AJ Styles in full Mark mode. So yeah. uh, glad to see he enjoyed himself and uh, a bunch of other friends. Uh, my buddy Eric the Corehound was there as well, and a bunch of other people were were out there. And said it was a was a fun show. So you know how shows typically are. You get to see the guys go out there and you know do what they were hired to do, which is wrestle professionally. Yeah, and there's actually some guys who you see on those shows who you'll never see anywhere else. So yeah, you know yeah. The, the, there's the advantage of that as well. Um, I'm trying to think what other things. Uh, AEW has a stacked show for 1-1, their return this week. They're going to be live. Uh, I believe NXT is actually taped this week, which is oh, interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. So we'll, hmm. we'll have to see if that affects anything for AEW ratings-wise. I don't know what New Year's Day is typically like for television. I know Christmas Day is kind of a wash, although NXT yeah. did pretty well. Um well, New Year's Day is the Rose Bowl, so that yeah. usually does massive numbers. Yeah. Uh, in the evening time, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'm back to normal. I'm hosting a trivia game that night, so yeah. it's, you know, New Year's Day, night, who knows. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, the, the show is stacked. We're getting Darby Allen versus Cody. Mm-hmm. We were um, supposed to be getting uh, Chris Statlander and Riho, but Chris Statlander booked for bar wrestling. Is that what I, I, yeah, I read? Yeah, she, she's booked for Beyond Wrestling on New Beyond. Year's. Well, she's booked for Beyond on New Year's Eve and bar wrestling mm-hmm. on New Year's Day. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, so she had two bookings, uh, which – you know, I again gotta love the internet. Saw some definite hand wringing about like, uh, you know, why didn't AEW know this, or why wasn't this something discussed when she signed, or before they they booked the one one match. Look, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I I imagine that there, you know, there's a, a weirdness to th- that. Excuse me. I imagine there's a weirdness to the fact that AEW allows their their guys to do indie right. bookings at the same time. I mean, uh, Private Party was literally a few minutes away from us uh, on Friday night, and neither uh, of us went. No, because we're, <laughs> well, in my case, I I had in law duty, but still, I had uh, plans as well. Yes, um, but uh, you know, I imagine that complicates things versus the standard Absolutely. WWE schedule of we own your entire week. Um, yeah. But yeah, a little a little hinky, a little weird, but hey, we're going to get a four-way dance for the women's title as Riho will defend against Britt Baker, uh, Hikaru Shida, and Nyla Rose. Um, hmm. And then 1-8 uh, the following week, that's when uh, Chris Statlander is going to get her title shot against whoever Ooh, is the winner of the 1-1 match. Okay, um, so you, I would imagine Riho squeaks it out and they just run it back the next week? That would be my guess, and I... I and you know, really, I, I think that's for the best because if she's the champion and we're looking at the number two, three, and four contenders, right. she should win. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I we'll, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, again, talking about how stacked that show is, uh, Trent is going to go against John Moxley, which is a match I didn't know I wanted, but I'm excited for it. And uh, Chucky T tweeting out his support, uh, saying, "Oh my gosh, he's going to kill you." Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. To which Trent replied, "The fuck." And uh, that's the current state of the best friends. Uh, Sammy Guevara is going to be going against Dustin Rhodes, which should be really fun. And yeah. uh, in a match, I think we were supposed to get way back at Fighter Fest, uh, a six-man tag: Omega and the Young Bucks against Pac and the Lucha Bros. Hell yeah, I'm yeah. here for that. Yeah, that's a uh, that's some big time stuff happening on that show. Yeah. Uh, uh, AEW also clarified uh, further the definition of of, of um, wins and losses, resetting, and seasons and stuff like that. So uh, on the stroke of midnight on one one, 
the records refresh for the year, you will still have a lifetime record, but they're going to be yearly records, calendar yearly records um, kept throughout the course of of AEW's life as well. So that was another uh, needed clarification there. So, you know, everybody's coming into uh, the the Dynamite show on Wednesday fresh and uh, looking to get some W's here. Yeah. So yeah. leads to some uh, some fun stuff. Hopefully. Uh, some big developments happen, and uh, maybe Dark Order takes a backseat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to see that because there's a long road ahead to the next pay per view, uh, Revolution, yeah. which isn't until the end of February. So um, they have some time where they can do some different things. And they did also announce uh, another match for the January 8th show as the Rhodes brothers are be going against the Lucha Bros, which. Uh, Hell yeah. I, I, again, match didn't know I wanted. But uh, you put it in front of me. Now I can't wait to see it. But one of the more interesting things from the AEW side of things actually ties into New Japan because mm-hmm. the stakes have been raised. Hiroshi Tanahashi going to the media saying, hey, if I beat Chris Jericho on January 5th, I want an AEW title shot. Well, signed, sealed, delivered, promoted by both Chris Jericho and New Japan Pro Wrestling because the video got cross-posted by New Japan today. Mm-hmm. Uh, if... Jericho loses, there will be a future AEW title shot for one ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now that's intriguing on a number of different levels. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you would imagine that Jericho isn't going rogue with this. And, yes. and this was run up the, the con ladder, if yes. you will. Yeah. Um, and, you know, why wouldn't Tony Khan say yes to that. I mean, it yeah. was Tanahashi. If, if you know, if we're just going by what we've seen in social media, this was Tanahashi's idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, 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 and Tanahashi, not to say, Tanahashi, for better or for worse, has been a guy who likes to work the local wrestling media. Like he always okay. kind of talks shit to Tokyo Sports in the purpose of building a match. Like he shit talked okay. Shibata when they were building a feud, and um, I think he was talking about you know how much he disliked. Yeah, that, that was the back and forth with him and Kenny Omega in the press right up to Wrestle Kingdom last year uh so Tanahashi's kind of known for doing kind of worked shoots you know okay. in in his press interviews but uh hey this this became somewhat official now I will say I haven't seen the AEW social media as absolute a garbage fire as their social media can be sometimes I haven't Sorry, seen God. them yeah, sorry, Jeff. Just being honest. Uh, look, we're we're gonna be a lot nicer than the people on the internet have been, um, uh, or other people on the internet have been. Because let's be honest, we're on the internet too. Yes, um, often. Yes, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen anything get retweeted or reposted by AEW in regards to this. So this could be entirely a New Japan only angle. But uh, I mean. I, Either way, yeah. it, it lends itself to a possible working relationship between the two properties and promotions, which yeah. is really something ever, you know, for the past year, uh, almost to the day when AEW was announced, mm-hmm. was the big question. Will yeah. they be in bed with New Japan? And yeah. obviously, at the start, New Japan was still working with Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, there and they had a TV any... deal that was working at Access, which they right. don't have anymore now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So, so yeah, I mean, the, the possibilities are there for something big to happen between the two of them in uh, in 2020, you know, with the, the ties between AEW and TNT. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some kind of angle for New Japan to try and work something out so that they can help leech on to uh, mm-hmm. TNT's wrestling side of thing and get some uh, some New Japan on TNT. Who knows? I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't know. Or TBS or one of the other fucking 30 Turner stations. How about <laughs> CNN? Put it on the CNN. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Headline news. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, right after Anderson Cooper. Is he yeah. still on CNN? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think right. he is. Uh, or, uh, in between Wolf Blitzer and, uh, and Anderson Cooper. <laughs> in between the two Silver Foxes. Just yeah, throw yeah. some Tanahashi matches in there. That would be fantastic. The ace Hiroshi Tanahashi here in the Situation Room. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd get cable again for that. <laughs> uh, but also on the New Japan side, uh, another interesting wrinkle as Stardom will have a dark match at the first day of wrestle kingdom uh baby steps yeah baby steps uh now unfortunately it's for the live audience only uh because basically there's a there's a whole issue between uh the tv companies that have rights whether to stardom or to new japan pro wrestling basically it's it's as if abc and nbc both had television rights for like let's say the men's division the women's division of wwe Right. One isn't necessarily going to want to help the other. Um, So unfortunately, we won't get to see it. At least it doesn't sound like we will. Um, But uh, hey, I think it's pretty cool that that we are starting to see the the bushy road. How the words pronounced? Bushy road. Is that right? Bushy road. Yeah. 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 Fall fall guy. Fall guy. Bushy road. Yes. Um, (laughs) We're we're seeing that relationship finally play out in in some way. Yeah. So yeah, you know, uh, a, a positive start for the Stardom New Japan relationship. So I had a dream a couple nights ago. (laughs) It's always a good way to start. I Uh, had a dream. That I was in Japan for work. Oh, you know, like one does. But, I mean, not for what I do, because what I do is specific to the United States government. But Mm. whatever, that was beside the point. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was in Japan for work, and it was... It was, I don't know, it was really weird. Like, the, the the plane ride over was weird because it was one of those planes, like, in the finale of Parks and Rec where you could <laughs> see outside for whatever. And I haven't watched that in a while, but I yeah. guess, you know, Parks and Rec just sticks with me. So that was a plane ride over. And then I'm over in this in this nice hotel. Uh, and I'm not doing any work at any point in this, but I was over there for work, I remember specifically. And then I... Um, I, I realize while I'm there, not knowing a lick of Japanese, that I'm in Japan uh, a week before Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So then I'm trying to figure out a way to extend my stay with my corporate uh, American Express card <laughs> to figure out how to stay there and get myself into Wrestle Kingdom. Um, and I don't remember the uh, the resolution. I just remember trying and then I woke up. So. <laughs> I guess the moral of the story is that Wrestle Kingdom is on my mind, and I'm pretty hyped for it. Um, so that's uh, that's you know a week from today, mm-hmm. two nights, lots of big stuff happening uh, yeah. in in that card. Um, and similarly with New Japan, I've been talking about that uh, New Japan Collection game, yeah. uh, the app card collecting game that I play. What's funny to me. Is that there are Ring of Honor superstars included in that? Oh, oh! So, so I have what you're telling you know, me is you finally got the coveted 
Matt Taven rookie card with the long He's sideburns. Oh, damn it. <laughs> it's it's just a couple of them. It's the Briscoes. Okay. It's uh, Jay Lethal mm-hmm. and um, Dalton Castle. Interesting um, choice of, of trio. Yeah, I think those are the only four that at least are the cards that I've gotten. Yeah. Uh, but it's still interesting to me to see Ring of Honor people. I guess, you know, the plans for this thing was, you know, in the works yeah, while they ago. were still on really uh, good ground. They have been doing a fun um, Liger sort of thing. They're doing a bunch of uh, specialty cards with Liger's mm-hmm. costumes over the years. I'm trying to get that Keishan Liger from earlier this year. Nobody wants to trade it. And I don't have anything good enough to, to offer for trade for it. So maybe I'll look out in one of the drafts. I don't well, know. well, hey, if you are playing uh, New Japan Collection and you are willing to share uh, with dear Chris, hit him up. Uh, what, do, is there like a specific code they need to follow or is there a username? Yeah, I'll, I'll post it again on the social. Okay, uh, there we go. If you guys, guys want to add me on that. And uh, likewise, if you're looking for any WWE pop finals, yes. uh, slide in those DMs as well. I'm selling yes. off my collection of those. There you I already go. had a couple sales. So uh, thanks to you guys. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, addition to the cash flow uh, just before the new year. Good times. Yeah, brother. All right. So speaking of the new year, uh, 2020 is just days away, which is freaking crazy. And with that in mind, uh, we wanted to get into our best and worst of 2019. If we were mm. smart and put this together in advance, this is where some production would play, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you get when you come here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we wanted to go into the to the highlights and the lowlights of uh, 2019 in the pro res. Uh, it, it's been a year where multiple companies have had great shows. Uh, multiple companies have uh, really redefined what pro wrestling can be. Uh, mm-hmm. Superstars that we never thought would you know become uh, as relevant as they have did and there were also some that really pissed us off along the way so uh, we wanted to to go uh, through the roller coaster that was 2019 and and give out some awards so Chris uh, would you like to start with your first award of the day um yeah I'm curious as to what we want to start with here let's start yeah. at the bottom and work our way up to match of the year I guess yeah um so let's let's start with a with a big one but not as big I'm gonna go with uh breakout wrestler of the year yes um so this uh we kind of qualified as a wrestler who not necessarily is their first year because if they're you know being exposed on a national level this isn't their first year of being right. a pro wrestler but somebody right. who had uh who went from relative lower portion of the card or not you know at the level that um of exposure that they are at now and really mm-hmm. prove themselves to be uh, a worthy adversary and draw and what whatnot uh my pick uh would be the one rhea ripley um mm-hmm. who you know I, I had a number of people that i thought about uh including here i thought about uh private party uh, mm-hmm. who nobody had heard of outside of a couple indies earlier in the year. Uh, had Phoenix, who really got a lot of uh, nationwide exposure. I don't know mm-hmm. who you picked yet. I may take one of yours, and I apologize. Um, I also had uh, MJF uh, mm-hmm. in there as well in one of my top seeds. Um, my second place, uh, my runner-up here is uh, one Shingo Takagi, mm-hmm. because at the beginning of the year, I had no idea who this guy was. And he yeah. stormed into uh, Best of the Super Juniors and blew everybody's mind away. And he quickly became one of... If not my favorite uh, wrestler in New Japan, but I think that Rhea Ripley. Maybe it's uh, recency bias for mm-hmm. me, but mm-hmm. the uh, the the tail end of 2019 that she had is just uh, pretty much unmatched 
from the whole War Games bit, the Survivor Series, so winning the title from Shayna a couple weeks ago, kind of hard to fuck with that uh, that uh, chain of accomplishments there. So yeah. Rhea, uh, for obvious reasons, and that ass gets it for me. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny because Rhea was my runner-up. I, I, I'm okay. not not to uh, take away from any of uh, Rhea's level of notoriety. Um, I, I think it was this time last year, though, where she was like NXT UK champ and, and kind of established. Yeah, in- but who watches UK? I, I, hey, I get it. I'm just saying she was she was established in the WWE system. So I was trying to look for someone who gotcha. really popped up and 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 blew us all away and and you know uh gave us something that we didn't know that we wanted and consistently on a match by match basis surprised me with what they're capable of. Basically showing they're beyond what my preconceived notions of who they were uh was. So in that instance my breakout star of the year goes to AEW's own Darby Allen. Uh, okay. Darby Allen was a guy who I pretty much knew from uh, his stint in Evolve as basically the guy who took stupid bumps. Um, <laughs> so when he was signed to AEW, I kind of figured much how his original bookings were. I thought he was going to be just in the mix of guys like Havoc and Janela where, oh, okay, they're they're the car crash match. Um, right. And it's not to say that he isn't taking crazy bumps because he still is. But the way that guy has been able to build himself up as a you know work from under guy and and just some of the 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 snap and and the uh, excitement of the pacing of his matches really gets me into what he does and yeah. uh, it feels like he is a guy who um there's a specific audience that really loves him uh like basically he's he almost reminds me in terms of having a unique connection with the audience to Jeff Hardy when Jeff Hardy was first coming up where yeah. it's like there's this there's this crowd that isn't your typical wrestling fan that sees this guy and goes we like him and i feel like 2020 will be the year where hopefully they they really pull the trigger on him and and launch him into the upper card completely he's kind of like a, an intriguing weirdo Yes. You know, yeah. he's kind of got that aura about him. And yeah, the, the early Jeff Hardy is a perfect comparison. Yeah, nailed that one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, really excited <laughs> to see what he does in 2020. So yeah, he was my breakout star. Okay. All right. You take the next one. Okay. So uh, let me see here. So I am just go- going to go into something that we ranted about quite a bit here. Uh, it is the worst story of the year. Uh, basically, uh. the the worst uh, event in professional wrestling that uh, we, we hated the most. Now, look, I will say my runner up here. Uh, it goes to the continued WWE Saudi Arabia stuff. But people much smarter than us have gone in depth on that. That. So I'm going right. to go with the thing that we've complained about the most, which is Seth Rollins taking continuing losses on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I have lost so much respect <laughs> for Seth Rollins over the past year because he's definitely a guy. I, I, there's a there's a old I think it's an XKCD comic that gets posted around a lot where it's like you should go to bed and uh, the guy goes no I'm uh, someone on the internet is wrong that's that's what it feels <laughs> like living with Seth Rollins must be like at a point that he's Ooh, yeah he's just sitting there in his hotel room probably with Bex right there and just tweeting away because he doesn't know when to turn off. And and the thing right. is, this spiraled into other instances of people being bad on Twitter. Uh, the, the shittiness of one Corey Graves undoubtedly was empowered by the shittiness of one Seth Rollins. Uh, right. it, it's just one of those things where I really feel like something that would be great for WWE as a whole is if they all just hand... <laughs> 
their their logins to the writers and and stop getting mm. into the messes. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if handing it to the writers is the right choice, but well, uh, <laughs> writers or social media, you know, uh, interns or something, right. where the you know we we get less and less of the uh, the ongoing hot takes while shows happen from the stars themselves and more just you know promotional side of things yeah no that 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 i completely understand um yeah seth man he lost a lot of stock this year a yeah. ton like even yeah. in the past just couple months like you i look back to you know the build to to wrestlemania and we were everybody was team rollins gonna mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. take down the, this is it this is where brock finally you know gets defeated and goes away spoiler alert he doesn't uh well go away he got defeated yeah. but um and you know to, to where we were then to where we are now on one uh colby lopez Rollins, it's just uh damn it's a damn shame because yeah. he was my guy you know he was he was my my favorite main roster dude for a long time yeah. and now i couldn't give two shits um and, and, so that's, and that's i will i will just say from a personal perspective yeah we've had a, a lot of fun at like seth's expense and Corey's expense and, and so on i think there's few things less interesting on a podcast than talking about what people said on Twitter. <laughs> so no, no, that's, that's, that's true. So I mean, it's just like that, that adds to my own distaste where it's just like, Oh God. <laughs> well, speaking of things that played out on Twitter, yes. uh, my worst story of the year in, in there's a lot of people at fault in this. And I was kind of on the fence about taking this, but it's just one of those, um, stories and incidents that is just shitty on all accounts and it was the jordan miles saga oh man Uh, so obviously you know the the, with the t-shirt which was terrible uh and jordan miles calling them out on it uh if he had stopped there that would have been great uh but he didn't he continued and ranted and said some unsavory things about jay lethal and went on about how jordan miles is his slave name and you know he he kept going on and the whole story just fucking sucks like there's there's nothing good uh about this uh wwe side sucks the way jordan miles handled it sucks everything mm-hmm. about it sucks we don't have to, re- to rehash everything but it was yeah. just something that just fucking sucked. Mm-hmm. That's just really all I can say about it. Yeah. Um, and nobody came out of that looking good or saving any face. Every everybody comes out worse than that, which is which was a bummer because the dude's super talented. Um, but you know, these things happened and and now we are where we are with this just shitty black cloud over over that portion of uh of a month, month and a half of this playing out. And it just it just fucking sucked. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Uh, so on the opposite side of it, let's talk about what the biggest story of the year was. You know, the the the, the story with the most intrigue, the most interest, and also made us feel the least gross talking about it. I mean, um, you know, pro wrestling, if nothing else, uh, is as exciting outside of the ring as it is inside the ring. And this year gave us a lot of things to, uh, you know, watch and, and be surprised by, whether it was, you know, the, the sellout of MSG by Ring of Honor in New Japan or yeah. uh, the craziness that... Was access being bought by Impact? Well, bought by um, Anthem for Impact Wrestling, yeah. uh, or um, you know WWE officially launching on Fox the first time that you know mainstream main roster WWE programming was on weekly broadcast television in years. Uh, but 
I, you know, when it really comes down to it, I think the story of the year was the launch of AEW. Yep, um, agreed. It, it, it was the the story that from the jump had a lot of excitement built into it. The idea of a, a possible major competitor for the WWE, and there, you know, let's not say there haven't been slings and arrows thrown at both sides, and and you know, good weeks and bad weeks for both sides and what have you. But the idea that wrestling is back on TNT, wrestling is back in arenas every week from someone other than WWE is really, really exciting because at the end of the day, it, it, it's an, it's an alternative. It's another option. More guys have more places to work. We have more awesome wrestling to watch. Uh, and you know, it, it, it hopefully is getting fans engaged in professional wrestling again that walked away years ago. Yeah. I echo everything you just said. Um, you know, it, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, the opportunity given to these guys that I would love to go to some of these big indie shows across the country, but they're mm-hmm. in other cities. Um, and to yeah. see these people that have built followings online and now a good majority of them that over the past couple of years have built those followings are on or at least signed to a weekly television show where tuning in any Wednesday, you could see any number of them, uh, you know, see Orange Cassidy do his bit and see mm-hmm. Pentagon of Phoenix do their crazy flippy do's and arm breaking uh, uh, rope rocking craziness darby allen the aforementioned kid you know luchasaurus and then jungle boy and there's there's so many people there um that just makes it fresh and exciting and you know the fact earlier that we were talking about lucha bros versus uh Rhodes bros and it's just fresh matchups is mm-hmm. is really i think at the very key new people fresh matchups not randy orton versus aj Styles for the 30th time um it's something uh interesting and fresh and the presentation is different and you know it, sure everybody wants to harken back to the monday night wars and how it was with raw and nitro and obviously this isn't at that level uh because pro wrestling viewership at a whole isn't at the level as it was in the in the late 90s but you know it's something um sure people pick sides we like to enjoy both nxt and aew but aew definitely uh the bigger deal uh Mm. of 2019 and very excited to see where 2020 takes them 100% 100% agreed. So uh, those were the stories of the year. Now let's talk about the best <laughs> events of the year. Uh, and we're going to start with actually the worst event of the year, if, if that's cool by you, Chris. Um, I had a, a lot of different options here for what would be the worst show of the year. Unfortunately, most of them were under the WWE wing, which yeah. I recognize, hey, they do a lot more shows than everybody else, which means the odds are higher of them being bad. And I also recognize I didn't watch any Impact this year. So uh, it, it's entirely possible had worse, but I had to to look through and, and, and think about what was the, the lamest duck of lame duck shows. And I'm curious to see if we pick the same one. Uh, Very excited. We, we we will see because I, I recognize later uh, recognize later that there was another one that I could have picked. Okay. I, I almost went with TLC because that was just an unmitigated disaster. But right. the one I went with just because it felt to me indicative of all the things wrong with WWE booking this year. It was WWE Extreme, Extreme Rules 2019. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. As I Same showed one. him the, the Wikipedia page I had pulled up of Extreme Rules 2019. My dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just, just thinking about that show, you know, yes, uh, The Undertaker had probably his only good good performance this year. 
the the rest of it was just a mess. Strowman and Lashley in a last man standing match that no one Ugh. cared about. The uh, Alistair Black and Cesaro match, which I guess really didn't count because Alistair Black was still yelling about someone knocking on his door after this <laughs> happened. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the the weird triple threat tag match with the New Day. Brian Rowan and Heavy Machinery, and of course the main event, which was an absolute disaster, the winner-take-all mixed tag match with Rollins and Lynch against Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans, which turned into Brock Lesnar winning the Universal title again. Yeah, man, there was, uh, and not to mention, you skipped over the AJ Styles beating Ricochet for the oh, yeah, uh, for the right. U.S. title match, which yes. was a total shocker. There were, uh, you know, another highlight was Kevin Owens beating Dolph Ziggler in 17 seconds. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think really it's the last two bits of that show that really sunk it down to all-time low levels of shit sandwich yeah. with that Seth and Becky versus Baron and Lacey thing. It was just, it was a terrible idea on paper. It was terrible and execution um it just didn't work at all and then of course brock coming in with his freshly won money in the bank to cash in on on seth that was that was kind of where it all started to go wrong for seth rollins in 2019 and it has not recovered since it was just uh, a shit sandwich of a show in philly of all places Mm -hmm. um not a great uh uh track record for for shows in philadelphia you think back to the rumble where um Uh uh-huh it yeah. should have been uh should have been Brian, but it was Rey Mysterio. You think back to uh, um oh, fuck, what was the other one? There was another one I had queued up, but I, I can't remember. But yeah. and, and the thing is, look, I'll admit the Philly fans are hard to please. Yeah. But fact is, knowing that they still put on that show. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, just just an absolute mess. But hey, let's talk about our favorite show of the year. Uh, okay, and, and yeah, let's get into that. You know, there are a, a bunch of different options. Uh, you know. The G1 Supercard was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we were live. Except for Matt Taven. Well, Matt, yeah, it's Matt Taven yeah. match kicked it off my top list. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> we were live at full gear. Had a really great time at that. Um, uh-huh. uh, WrestleMania this year was pretty good. I thought the Rumble this year was great. Um, Rumble was good. You know, there, there's different options, but I, I think the the show of the year for me was AEW's Double or Nothing. Uh, God damn it. We yeah. have the same fucking list. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it was it was that shot across the bow that AEW needed to put out there to say what our product is. Uh, you yeah. know, whether it was, uh, you know, the fun six-man tag with OWE guys against SCU or the uh, the Kenny Omega Chris Jericho main event, which harkened back to the Wrestle Kingdom match, and then had the amazing debut of John mm-hmm. Moxley, or the uh, Young Bucks Lucha Bucks Bros. And Lucha tag Bros. Match. I mean, yep, it, it was so much of a look. There's a world of wrestling outside WWE. There's all these guys who need their moment to to you know have the the spotlight put on them and. They all worked hard and delivered. And, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, AEW is still chasing the heights of that show, but it was a hell of a show, no matter what, how you look at it. Yeah, I, I echo. I, and I think back to how excited we were to record the show after watching yes. Double or Nothing. And yes. that really is what, you know, cinched it for me because yeah. we haven't really had that feeling of, oh, I can't wait to talk about this. This was so awesome and exciting. Yes. 
so yeah, that was my number one as well. I had a couple uh, runners up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Dominion, New Japan's Dominion, back mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Uh, from June in the running here. That had uh, Okada and Jericho. Mm-hmm. It had Naito and Ibushi for the IC title. Mm-hmm. Will Ospreay and Dragon Lee was on there as well. Mm-hmm. Evil and Sonata versus uh, the Gorillas of Destiny. Ishii Taichi had a match too. Uh, that was a uh, that was a fun fun show. Uh, that was I think Mox's first match. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I believe you're right. He had, uh, uh, he beat Shooter in about four minutes. Um, so, so yeah, that was a uh, oh, that was the show Kenta made his debut as well. So a lot mm-hmm. of notable things from Dominion. Um, another runner-up I had for the year was Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so you know it was a year ago. It was, yeah. it was like oh, you know three hundred fifty days ago. So I had forgotten some of what happened. That was Tanahashi and Omega. Yeah. That was Naito and Jericho, Jay White and Okada, Ishimori and Kushida, which I totally forgot was such a banger. Yeah. Um, Juice beating Cody for the uh, IWGP US title. US title. Um, there was uh, Zack Saber and Ishi. Mm-hmm. It was it, and uh, Ibushi and Osprey too, and that with that, just think back to that mm-hmm. wicked hidden blade that you thought knocked fucking Kota Ibushi loopy, but yeah. he was loopy to begin with, so it's not that <laughs> big. It might have uh, fixed him a little bit, if anything. Right, exactly. And then um, I also uh, considered All Out, um, but you know, when when ranked up against the other shows, All Out yeah. didn't really compare, especially to Double or Nothing. But oh. yeah, Double or Nothing definitely show of the year. And, and that's without mentioning the takeovers. I mean, it was another banner year for takeovers. Yeah, it's I just, I think, if anything, one of the things that kind of harmed takeovers this year was it felt a little samey at a point you know the, the, it was the same matches the same people oh yeah. right right so you know that 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 harmed it a little bit but i mean takeovers are still one of those things where you go i'm gonna sit down it's gonna be two and a half hours long and it's gonna be two and a half hours that absolutely rule um yeah. so again let let's uh let's ride this roller coaster and go on the downswing uh worst match of the year chris uh um, oh boy <laughs> i have three <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some, ter- there are and were some terrible matches, and 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 there are, uh, like I automatically disqualified things like, well, was it on TV, you know, because right. TV matches are harder to be good because you're stuck with more of a time constraint and that sort of thing. Uh, I'll I'll just go ahead and, and land on the sword of what mine was. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin and Lacey okay. Evans from WWE. That wasn't on my top three. I thought there were three worse matches than that, but go uh, ahead. Uh, it, it just was indicative of everything wrong with yeah. WWE in 2019. The push of Lacey Evans, the push of Baron Corbin. The, the push of Becky's boyfriend. Uh, yes, the push of, of Seth Rollins is Becky's boyfriend. Uh, an intergender match, which wasn't an intergender match. It, right. Like, the... It, the, the idea that someone thought this was compelling television and it went on and on and on. It was absolute shit. Now, I recognize I could have also thrown in the Seth Rollins Baron Corbin match from a Stomping Ground, which, again, a shit show, oh, uh, which that was the one with the Lacey Evans as guest yeah. referee thing. But <sighs> that, you know, that that falls under the wing of this piece of trash. So that was my worst match of the year. So my worst match, uh, my number one worst match, or should I go three to one? Let's, Let's go, go three, three to one. one. Yeah. Let's yeah, go yeah. three to one. My my third worst match of the year was a match that lasted under a minute. Mm-hmm. It was on the, I believe, the premiere episode of uh, Fox's uh, SmackDown Live. <laughs> oh, and no. And it, it ruined what was a really 
one of the better things WWE did in the year 2019, yes. which was Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston, uh, <laughs> the squash match where Brock yeah. reclaimed the title uh, from Kofi. I fucking hated everything about this. Uh, yeah. And just from the uh, Pretty much any angle you look at it, it was a shit sandwich. So yeah. that that put it number three on my list. Uh, second on my list uh, was aforementioned Seth Rollins. But this time uh, he was in a hell in a cell being beaten by spooky hammers in Ooh, under red lights. Yeah. Uh, Fiend versus Seth from hell in a cell was just uh, hot garbage. I blocked a, that out of my brain. On a hundred degree day in fucking Phoenix, Arizona. That's how bad that shit was. Mm-hmm. But my number one worst match of the year. Uh, I think hands down has to be Undertaker versus Goldberg from Ooh, uh, from yeah. from Blood Money uh, Rumble to 15. Uh, get your check and go the fuck home. Yes. Um, just it's nothing right or good about this. It's actually indicative of, like you said, uh, kind of everything systemically wrong with WWE uh, was Goldberg and Undertaker, you know, near death. Uh, near deaths in ring and continuing matches is just it's uh it sucked yeah uh so yeah that was uh that was my number one worst of the year but you make a compelling argument yeah yeah uh so on on that note i will go to worst performer of the year and and i will put a big asterisk on this i think it is less due to the performer himself and more due to what they make the performer do uh, we have the same guy here. We, I, I, I have no doubt that we do. But look, I, I was thinking about some <laughs> other folks. I was like, Kona Reeves? Kona Reeves could be on this list, but Kona Reeves is trying. He's trying. Yeah, 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 I guess. Um, you know, and, and, and there are people who just. Jackson w- Riker. Yeah, yeah. The entirety of the Forgotten Sons. Yeah. Uh, but hey, the Forgotten Sons had a fun match with the Viking Raiders a few weeks ago. So, you know, I, I can't entirely shit on them. But of course, it's Baron Corbin. It's Baron yeah, Corbin. It's gotta be, it, Baron, it's gotta Corbin. be Baron Corbin. Like the, and, yeah. Okay. So I know all you people out there in internet land are ready to come on the Twitter. Well, he's a heel. You're not supposed to like him. Yeah. No, that's not it. Yeah. It's not the heelish nature of him. Yeah. It's just his performance and uh, my not giving a fuck to see him. You know yes. the. The, the idea of a heel is that they do dastardly things so that you want to continue to watch to see them get their comeuppance. Yes. I don't want to watch Baron Corbin mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. any instance doing anything. Him doing chicken shit stuff, stuff doesn't make me want to watch him get his ass kicked. It makes me not want to watch your product. So Baron Corbin, hands down, uh, worst wrestler of the year. Yeah. Sorry, bud. Yeah, yeah. And again – we saw it in NXT. It, he can be fun. He can be good. Sad tummy and all. He can be super fun. But the old bear and belly. Yeah. But the 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 fact is, uh, whether it was him dressed up as a TGI Fridays manager as the uh, constable of WWE, mm-hmm. or Gosh. in a never ending thread with Seth, excuse me, never ending feud with Seth Rollins, or mm-hmm. this whole a never ending gimmick, feud with Roman Reigns. Yeah, I I, I could give a fuck. Um, so that, that's where it is. Sorry, Baron. I I know it's the writing. It's not you, but yeah, garbage. So match of the year. This was, this one was, this one was very tough. Uh, I actually have a tie. I did a cop out (laughs) and did a tie for match of the year. Um, but both of those matches include one wrestler. So 
Yeah, I, and, and I think it's probably going to line up that we have a similar performer of the year then. Um, but there, there were so many matches to consider, whether it, it was um, – you know, uh, John Moxley's run in the G1 gave us great matches. Uh, yep. Ishii's run uh, in the G1 gave us great matches. Uh, yep. To go back to Omega and Tanahashi, kicking off the year with a banger, uh, yep. ending an era in New Japan. Um, the Adam Cole, uh, Johnny Gargano run. Uh, yep. Incredible matches. Um, Walter versus Tyler Bate mm-hmm. from uh, the UK Cardiff uh, takeover. Uh, I also considered Pentagon of Phoenix versus uh, the Bucks. The uh, Escalera de la Muerta match mm-hmm. from All mm-hmm. Out uh, was considered for me. Ibushi versus Naito, which we saw in pers- person yeah. at uh, G1 Supercard yes. uh, as, I, as I show the shirt. Another show um, or match that I was in person for was, was a WrestleMania match between Kofi and Brian. Yeah. I mean, that was pure pro wrestling at its best. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, one of, if not the greatest WWE match of the year. Um, and a lot of that goes to Daniel Bryan. A lot of it goes to Kofi. And, and I'll, you know, a fair amount, and I'll give them credit, goes to WWE for actually pulling the trigger on it. Um, Becky versus Asuka at the yeah. Rumble. Yeah. That, I thought uh, was great fantastic. Match. Uh, and uh, Cody versus Dustin from Double or Nothing, mm-hmm. also on my short list of matches of the year. I, I so, was thinking I, I almost went with Cody v. Dustin. But yeah. at the end of the day, there's a match that has spots that I kept rethinking about. I, I kept being blown away by a match that I rewatched multiple times, which in this day and age is not something I get to do too much. And that is the 2019 Best of Super Junior Finals between Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi. Yep. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you had Osprey coming in as the big underdog. He he uh, had to pull together some wins at the end to get to the finals versus Shingo, who from his introduction in New Japan was just an absolute beast, never pinned, never defeated. So, you know, the the what's it? The uh, irresistible force versus the immovable object was basically right. what we had here. The, the the monolith that was Shingo against the fiery baby face of Osprey and, and Osprey trying to carry New Japan on his back with the departure of a number of notable gaijin. Uh, he... He took this year very clearly to to make himself a, a even bigger star, and it was this match to me that cemented him as absolutely unfuckwithable in 2019. Yeah, yeah, that was my that was my number one. That was the first one I put down as as match of the year. And then as I went through my list, <clears throat> I also decided to add the cop out tie of his match in the G1 against Okada. Um, mm-hmm. Osprey and Okada in the G1 was was just absolutely fantastic. It was you know that plucky upstart against the established uh, you know champ, mm-hmm. and there were a couple times where I completely was sucked into the match and thought that Osprey was going to you know unseat the champ and 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 beat Okada, and you know they kept reversing each other's maneuvers in such clever and clean ways. It was just a fantastic piece of pro wrestling. Both matches, um, absolutely just hard to find a law with with either one of them um and i think something that helped will osprey out this week you know or this year rather he bulked up he put Mm -hmm. on some muscle which helped prevent injuries he was mostly i think he was injury free major injury free uh the entire year yeah i mean sure you have you know the neck problems which has become a a matt jackson sort of uh sell for two years on one (laughs) one injury sort of bit um 
but uh but yeah the guy had a, an uh unfuckwithable year as you said it was kind of hard to top him uh and in J- in new japan uh for this uh you know plucky douchey uh british kid to, yeah. to come in and have a year like he did yeah. is is just super impressive well then i i guess it goes with saying uh it, my my performer of the year and, and it was hard because uh, you know, I was looking at some folks. I, I said last week, you know, looking at how much Io Shirai has changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, from random Japanese babyface <sighs> to a top tier heel to having great, having great matches. Uh, same with Rhea Ripley. Uh, Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano Baby. both could be in the mix of, of performers of the year. Uh, John Moxley rejuvenating himself in in the G1 and in AEW. Chris Jericho basically underlining he really is one of the greatest of all time by finding yet another version of Jericho to, to present on the national stage. Uh, there were a lot of people this year uh, that blew me away in terms of what they did, but there was one guy who consistently... Big show in, big show out, blew my mind, and in turn, my performer of the year for 2019 is Will Ospreay. I, yeah. I, I, I was never as big an Osprey mark as some other folks. You know, I, I enjoyed his matches with Ricochet. I thought they were really cool, but I, I'll admit I wrote him off as a very talented flippy guy. And, yeah. you know, he was always kind of like a B tier guy for me. But this year, like you said, he balked up. He he started working heavyweight. I mean, uh, hell, I, I would even say he made Lance Archer in that first mm-hmm. round match at the, the G1. Um, he had incredible matches up and down the card uh, with all sorts of different talents. And he showed he can work a bunch of different styles. And now he's going into 2020 with one of my most, you know, look forward to matches of 2020, even though it's going to be four days, four days in, in. Year, <laughs> uh, with, with Hiromu Takahashi. I mean, I, I don't know how many other people I get as excited about to see what they're capable of in a match like Will Ospreay in 2019. So, yeah, he's my performer <clears throat> yeah. of the year. Yep, mine as well for all the uh, all the reasons you just said, and my short list of people was was mostly similar. I, I Adam Cole, Bebe, uh mm-hmm. was was my number two seed here, uh, especially you know like Rhea Ripley had an amazing run the past uh, past two months between the week of Survivor Series where he defended the NXT title and Raw and NXT and SmackDown and Takeover and uh, was a part of Survivor Series yeah. uh, defending the title again. That's an incredible run which may not ever be touched. Possibly. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, looked great in all of them. Really proved that he has star power and ability and, um, you know, the storytelling prowess, especially in the WWE banner, uh, to do those sorts of things. And, you know, there's been a lot of um, comparisons to Shawn Michaels with mm-hmm. uh, with Adam Cole over the years. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. working with Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. I think has really taken him to that level. Uh, right. Maybe no, he's not at Shawn Michaels level. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, but right. On his way towards that level has put him on the path yeah. to possibly in another, you know, five to seven years, maybe being of that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he he had a he had a pretty great year. Shingo Takagi, uh, you know, again from being somebody I didn't hear, I didn't even know existed at this yeah, point yeah, last yeah. year to. Whenever he's on a New Japan card, I don't skip the match just because right. I love seeing him right. beat people up. He, he's got a great look, a great persona. Um, you know, I I, I kind of want to go back and watch his. Was it Dragon Gate or no? It was Dragon, Dragon Gate, Gate, right? Dragon Gate, yeah. yeah. 
I kind of want to go back and and see him fuck some shit up back in uh, Dragon Gate at some point, uh, yeah. just to expand my knowledge of uh, of the dragon Shingo Takage. But um, but yeah, those were those are kind of the top guys of the year. You know, and you can make arguments uh, for Cody. You know, he mm-hmm, had a mm-hmm. number of notable matches. He was you know the the centerpiece of AEW, going out there doing the press, doing the work. As as he loves to say, um, he had a banner year. Uh, his win loss record doesn't really reflect that, but again, that gets into the whole systemic problem with AEW right now, right, with the elite right. putting over everybody over themselves. But um, you know what's kind of shocking to me on the on the flip side of it is, you know, for years past, Kenny Omega was one, two, or three on everybody's list, and it was you know the point where Kenny Omega matches were special and you had to, you know, settle in and, and just take it all mm-hmm, in. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it's great seeing Kenny on TV every week, yeah. but I feel it's kind of knocked the, um, the aura down a couple pegs a bit, of yeah. Kenny Omega, which is, it's a mixed bag. I mean, yeah. you know, on one, I enjoy seeing him wrestle because he's very interesting and exciting, um, to watch, but at the same time, the specialness kind of yeah. decreases a little bit. So, yeah. you know, you got you got to it's a give and take on that. Um, yeah. But I feel like hopefully in 2020, you know, he's going to find the way to get back to to best bout machine. We didn't we haven't we didn't see best bout machine after Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely been on the back burner. He's been more goofy elite Kenny than anyone else. And um, right, which I enjoy also. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know kind of harken back to those hour long or hour 15 long matches with Okada. And it's just right. like, man, you, when you were watching them, you could tell it was something special. Yeah. So and you haven't gotten that. So of course we'd love to hear your thoughts on the best of 2019. Uh, shoot them over to us on the, our Facebook, uh, the rough house podcast or at rough house SGW on Twitter. Um, of course, if you have any corrections or, uh, issues with our picks, uh, as always, all corrections at send Ted Cruz on Twitter. Just send them over to him. <laughs> He'll refer them over Vintage to us. Vintage Marty. Yes, there you go. Just, <laughs> just pop, pop them over there. Uh, anything that you, uh, you know, as as we're wrapping up the show, Chris, anything yeah. that you want to say that you're looking forward to next year? Any, you oh. know, I, I, with with no pre writing or pre thinking, anything that right. you're expecting for for 2020. I was just going to ask you to say one question. <laughs> um, I am looking forward to see the continuation of what, what we're deeming the Wednesday night wars. I like the, you know, the competition makes everybody step their game up. Yeah. And, you know, now that uh, WWE clean won a week in, in the ratings <laughs> a couple weeks back, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it's had to have lit a fire under AEW. Right. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing AEW kind of, um, straighten their focus a little bit mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and get kind of deliver on some of the promises that they haven't quite done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a fresh start at the beginning of the year will allow that to happen. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Cause as we mentioned, they have a hell of a lot of talented people under their umbrella, uh, backstage and, and in ring. So mm-hmm. that's exciting to me. Um, you know, I'm I'm I've spoken a lot over the past couple of months about my general disinterest in main roster WWE. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see if they offer anything to win me back. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not opposed to to getting back into the fold and and, and watching Raw uh, and SmackDown weekly, but there has to be some changes in order to do so. Um, and I I hope they do. I yeah. don't know if they're going to, but I would I would like to see something along those lines. Um, you know, I'm curious to see where AEW and New Japan lie uh, in 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 relationship as we talked to earlier. I'm curious to see if Ring of Honor finds a way to bounce back um, or, you know, excuse me. It's certainly possible this time next year. One of these promotions is not, you know, there's a possibility AEW could be done by this this point next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we, we don't really know what what the future holds for them, um, yeah. you know, uh, or at least it could be looking grim. Uh, I I will say that one of my biggest hopes for 2020 is that between uh, AEW and NXT, you know, we're, we're basically looking at there's like 1.5 million viewers that oh, watch correct. those two shows every yeah. week. I want to see that number grow. Yeah. I, 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 I don't care who's winning it, but I want to see that collective number grow. I, I, I want there to be, uh, you know, proof that all of this pro wrestling content is actually bringing more fans to the fold versus advertising to the same group. Because I want to see wrestling grow. I I, I think there's a lot of really cool stuff in wrestling. And, and, you know, for for people who are lapsed fans, for people who have never liked wrestling, I think there's more wrestling than ever that you can get into that is – different than what you're accustomed to uh you know we we saw this year chris you get super into new japan um yeah i and, never thought that would happen here and, i am and you know that that's a prime example of a different style of wrestling that started to gravitate more towards your taste or your taste started to gravitate more towards it i feel right. like that there, there's more of that that's there and i think another thing that's going to be interesting to watch is uh you know we're looking right now at mania weekend coming up yeah. There are a lot of shows that are being booked, not necessarily with stars, but with unique ways of putting on shows. You yeah. know, uh, GCW in particular, I, I mentioned this before on the show, but like they're doing Effie's Big Gay Brunch. They're doing mm-hmm. the um, what WrestleMania. WrestleMania show with Dan yeah. Housen and Warhouse, uh, Warhorse, War rather. Yeah. They're doing the For the Culture show, uh, all African-American talent. Uh, it makes me think that depending on how these shows go, there may be audiences for these particular tastes and styles of wrestling. And I I think that might be even more so where wrestling may lead, where, you know, it it isn't just like, oh, okay, well, this is the more athletic promotion. This is the goofier promotion. This may be the more inclusive, more gay promotion. This may be the more, uh, you know, black promotion. Like there there may be different things like that where they find their audience. And something, Chris, I'm just going to say for for us that I think we should do. There's two companies right now, um, and I'm going to – I forget the name of them, but one of them is Flying V Wrestling, but I think the other one's Yes. Capital Wrestling? I can't Recall, yeah, both or, in the D.C. Silver Spring area. Yeah, there are two companies in the D.C. Silver Spring area that apparently have sold out every single one of their shows so far. I think yeah, we got Flying, Yeah, Flying V go. just had uh, War Horse and Ophidian, I think, had a match uh, this past yeah. Friday. Yeah. Um, which I was like, oh, shit, that sounds pretty fucking dope. Yeah, let's make our way down there. Yeah, I, I think we got to see what the D.C. scene's doing because it sounds like that's coming up. And um, I, I think that'd be really awesome to take in and see. I think, uh, and just to cap it off, the thing I, I'm most uh, most looking forward to 
in 2020 is um, somebody to uh, resign from WWE and finally launch a very lucrative gay porn career, uh, that being one Lars Sullivan. Um, buddy, you know what? Do what makes you happy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Whatever uh, makes you the money that you're comfortable doing. Yeah. As long as it's all consensual, everything's good to go. No judgment. Go None. ahead and uh, and uh, go ahead and get your dick sucked by a dude. You know, just just get it done, man. Hey, man. Blowy's a blowy. A twenty's a twenty. <laughs> the Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com/slash The Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House, uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Yeah, Macho Man 2K10. Still alive, coming at you. Will be for years to come. It's my hip hop comeback. Ooh yeah, I'm the Macho Man, Randy Savage. I'm gonna grab a hold of Miss Elizabeth and that butthole rabbit. She likes it back there with my gray hair. I'm gonna put it inside. I'm jumping it everywhere. Yeah, you like the Macho Man coming at you, brother. I'm gonna grab a pillow and then I'm gonna smother you after we do it. After we screw it. I'm in the buff. I'm making stuff. I'm gonna fuck you when you're gone. What? Can we not do that? Is that not? Why are you shaking your head in the booth? Make it a hidden track on the album. All right, that's it. I'm taking out somebody here. Honky Tonk Man with his dong in his hand, walking around real strong in the southern states land. He's a racist. He uses the N-word. He's like a dog. He's in the backyard eating his own turds. He's a wrestler with a beer gut. He's had 17 wives in each. One's a slut. I did one in the back, one in the front, one in the mouth. The last one really had a smelly country music was his gimmick. He loved to strum his guitar. He never got far besides the icy title. Hey, speaking of which, that Dolph Ziggler kid's really turning into something. Oh, he hasn't been hired yet. Sorry, I'm just predicting the future. Make this a hidden track on the album. Make it a hidden track. I'm coming at him with something else. Here we go, yeah. CM Punk, he'll never quit. The guy's the shit, he's the best. CM Punk, he's the world. He's got two soft breasts covered in tattoos. He doesn't trust the Jews. He did, what? What do you mean that's anti-Semitic? Is that not a thing? Oh, fuck you. I once saw him barely tip a kid at a Jewish delicatessen. Oh, God, if we don't get this, I'm going to have a stroke.